AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. And hello, 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 and uh, happy Thursday, everyone. What a beautiful, gorgeous day again. Hey, Brett Perucho, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, well, so Brett is our incredible producer who makes us all look better than we ever are. Um, So what did you do this weekend, Brett? Not much. (laughs) Well, anyway, well, what we did this weekend is we went down and uh, we went to Providence Fest which was absolutely amazing. And if you heard the show last week, that is uh, what we were talking about and the beauty and the art and everything that we have here in Rhode Island that is just so wonderful. But in Providence itself, and I was amazed. I got to see dinosaurs. I got to listen to the most incredible music. And I was so um, joyed to see our city alive, uh, and I am always joyed to see that because, as you know, we're talking about water fire, which the next water fire is on June 18th, by the way, and I know it's been a little while, so there's been like a three-week hiatus since our last one, and the biggest thing that, there's a couple of things happening, actually, that are so big and so incredible it's not only the CVS Charity Classic and the CVS Health has sponsored the water fire for June 18th, but also on that day is the Pride Fest um, and the Gay Pride Fest. And it's a huge anniversary. It's 40 years. Um, so it is a day. Like it, It's not just an evening, come down to water fire in the evening. There's a whole day filled with activities and wonder and joy and celebration, um, which is long overdue. Uh, so I wanted to start this program off and talk with some very dear friends of mine. Um, one, Arthur Richter. Hello, Arthur. Hello there. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I am always happy to have you here because you are probably one of the most well-spoken men I've ever met and engaging, as well as um, you know the story that goes behind this 40 years intimately, of gay pride. Intimately. Intimately. And I thought that it was important to bring it to the audience's um, your experience and, you know, we, we have been working with Gay Pride and uh, our Pride Fest. I, I'm i not sure what they call it anymore. They, it changes names every now and then. So I think I think they have changed it. I really I'm not an authority on the title, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But I, I think it's Pride Fest and um, it's going to be an amazing day moving into the evening they've got so many things going on but the reason i wanted to bring you on is that after 40 years of history and this is that 
this is their their birthday. Um, Arthur, would you be willing to tell us about your story? Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, of course, you haven't mentioned the other guest in the studio. I don't know whether he's going to be identified well, or not. Well, we I, will I, mention I, I'm him. I'm waiting to be, at least as her husband, to be identified as a friend. <laughs> I would hope so, Richard. Well, that's right. It's it's been a while. Well, because all right. So, the, if you're listening to this, that's Richard Dannenfelser, Doctor Reverend Richard Dannenfelser, um, who spent a lot of time and a lot of movement, correct, and um, helping to open up these doors. Well, what's so ironic about this, as we sit here. I walked into Dr. Dannenfelser's office probably 40 or 39 years ago. I had been married. Uh, at, at that point, I realized that I realized at that point that um, I was gay, and I had been married and didn't realize it when I got ma- when I was married. But it it evolved over the years, and finally, when it got to the point where I said I've got to do something about this, and I talked to a friend, and I said i got to talk to somebody. I, I don't know what to do. And they said, you have to go see Dr. D. So 38, 39 years wow. ago, I walked into his office at Brown University, and I said to him, Dick, I think I'm gay. I don't want to go into the details other than what do I do with the rest of my life. I didn't want to blame anybody. I didn't want to go through I just needed direction. So How do you even know what to do? Because at that point, it wasn't even accepted, no, was it? it wasn't. It wasn't accepted at all. Um, but I trusted Richard, and we, we actually talked through everything, and uh, within probably a year, uh, I came out to my, my wife at the, at the time. And it was, uh, it was a very difficult time for us because we had a very good marriage, but this had evolved in in me, and I, I, I always said I have to back up again or and fast beautiful forward. children. Can I just oh, say yeah. beautiful children? Thank you. Uh, I, I tell this story to you today as I told it for many many years to Dick's classes at URI when he was teaching human sexuality, and he called me the first year he was going to do the class, and he said, "When I come to the homosexuals, will you come and talk to the class?" And I said, I would be happy to because he had helped me so much coming, uh, identifying myself and coming to grips with my situation. So I used to go to the classes and the first thing I used, the last, the first thing I used to say to them, and now we're going back to the, the early 80s, I think 80, 81, Richard, right? So I would say to them, does anybody in the class know anybody who's gay? And nobody raised their hands. I did this for Dick for about seven or eight years and at the time that I we, I finished doing it, we had he had already assembled a panel of speakers, and we had other people coming in. So I always asked the same question every year, and eight years later, people raised their hands. All of a sudden, people knew people who were gay, or they were going to admit that they knew people who were gay. And they would thank my, me, and they would thank Richard, and they would thank the panel because it gave them an opportunity to talk about their love, to talk about their loved ones, and and to help and. Um, I used to close my portion of, this, uh, of the, the talk with saying, just remember, we're just like everybody else. And this was 81, 82, and here we are in 2016, and we certainly are like everybody else. Um, I met my husband 16 years ago. 
uh, at a party. We just met, and we didn't see each other for another six years. And then we reconnected, uh, and we became partners uh, what, 11 years ago. Wow. But last year, we actually got married. Well, because we were actually able to get married. Because they, finally the United States government decided, and the Supreme Court and President Obama and everybody else, that it was a legal thing. I was talking to my dearest friends today whose anniversary, their wedding anniversary, is this coming Sunday. And they will have been married 10 years, but they're together 35 years. And they had to get married 10 years ago in Canada. They finally got married in 2015 in Rhode Island. The go- um, the governor, Chafee at the time, was best man for Frank Ferry, and I was best man for Tony Caparco. I remember that. Yeah, I and they were on the front page of the paper with yeah. right after gay marriage became legal. So we've come so far, yes. and there is just so much more happening today, and, 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 and now it's more of the struggle about transgendered people. And when you said to me, what I talk about things that I've done, think that in, in 1980, well, I'll, I'll give you another story. I was a member of, I'm Jewish, and I was a member of one of the temples. I was very active in the temple. I did many, many things on many levels. When uh, they found out that I was gay, I was not asked to stay on the board. You, you know, were when ostracized? Came, well, I was, I was dropped from the board. I, I wasn't renominated for the board at the time. They couldn't deal with well, it. Well, they sent you outside the camp. Yeah, they did. Well, I, I was part of the I was part of the congregation. I could stay right. and pay my dues, but I didn't have to be on the board anymore. I want your money, but I, I don't want your. <laughs> I want your money, I want but your, I don't want yeah, you. I want your money, but I don't want who you are. <laughs> exactly right. right. So that was always that was always an interesting thing. Of course, today it's not like that at all. And the, it, at the temple, you can actually be married in the temple by the rabbi. Which awesome. they didn't even know I ever wanted to get married. Never mind, they, I was only gay at the time, you know. But um, so I've come from that to the last five years. I've been involved with an organization called Lifelong Learning Collaborative, which is adult education, and I've been teaching, uh, coordinating classes, leading classes for the last five years. And it started out when we were doing theater. <laughs> what else? Uh, and then we did a memoir and a writing class, which has been wonderful. Because Didn't I speak at one of those classes? Yes, you did. You spoke at, well, that, that's coming up. That was the backstage at the arts class when we came up with the concept to take people out of the classroom situation and go to different events. And you came and talked about Waterfire. Richard has come and talked about um, gay, uh, the Kinsey Report and gay and lesbian issues. Sexuality. Sex, thank you. Thank you, sexualities. But the most exciting thing for me, in, in, when you think about lifelong learning, these are all older people, retired for the most part people, who are taking classes of different subjects that interest them. Last year I proposed a class on the history of gays and lesbians in, the, in America. The board was very happy with the, with the suggestion. We had a full house for the class, Richard came and spoke to that class. The same organization happens to have a, um, a chapter in Mexico. And I was walking on the streets of the town that we go live in in Mexico in the winter, and I see a sign. That Life beautiful place learning. in San Miguel. The beautiful place in San Miguel. <laughs> That's very dear to water fire, right? Yes. Um, and I approached them, and I actually taught the same class last year in Mexico. Oh, wow. That's great. Think about how far we've come. 
All right, so we've we've only got two minutes before we've got to take a break, but I'd love to hear not only the difference between speaking in Mexico about these issues, but I'd like to also hear my husband's thoughts, being someone who has been a very big advocate of gay rights and um, love in general. He's a Presbyterian minister. Let, yeah, let, let so um, we we're going to have to phase out for a second, and then when we come back. Richard uh, Arthur Dannenfelser, or Reverend Doctor Dannenfelser, or the Rock and Rev. You, you you use so many acronyms and names and. I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll come back and talk about that. And Arthur, I am just so interested in hearing again the history and and seeing how it's unfolded over the years. Everybody, you are listening to AM790 Talking Business in Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island, and we are underwritten by National Grid and supported by Lifetime Medical Services. And I am so proud to have these two men sitting here right now. And hello, 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 and welcome back to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talking business. Um, again, I want to thank our underwriting sponsor, National Grid, and our supporting sponsor, Lifetime Medical. Uh, they allow us to tell you about what's happening. There's a huge, huge event happening on June 18th. Not only is the CVS Health Charity Classic supporting a water fire, and it will be our one water fire in June, um, there's also the Pride Fest, which is happening throughout the day. And then they have a massive parade. Um, Almost at the same time that we're going to be lighting water fire, I can't think of a better synergy of love and life and acceptance and so I've been sitting here and I've been talking to my friend Arthur Richter and my husband the Reverend Dr. Richard Danfelser um, both who were um, how do you put it? Pioneers. Pioneers is a great word uh, Richard thank you pioneers uh, in this movement that has you know, it took so long, it feels like, but it's. I'm so glad that it is here now. Um, so, you know, I wanted to go back and, and speak a little bit more about the 40th anniversary of Pride. Again, what's happening um, for everyone out there on Saturday, June 18th, during the day, there are music stages, there is celebrations, there is everything. Um, we're going to have a little bit of gridlock uh, as we look at traffic in town, but what we've done with city services, and thank you to our Colonel Hugh Clemens and Major Verdi and the traffic team and the entire city of Providence, we're going to put out where you might go, how you might get there, and how to make your life a little bit easier. But I would not suggest just coming to Waterfire that evening. I would suggest making it a day and a celebration of life. So I say that, and, of course, I I talk too much, Arthur, don't I? No. 
But I might, uh, I might are add. Are you asking me that question? <laughs> no, she directed it to me, Richard. Oh, what? <laughs> you got quite a pair of bookends here. <laughs> I do. But, but you know, when you talk about water fire and you talk about the parade, it's really an amazing thing because this is the only nighttime parade in the country. Is which, it the only nighttime mm-hmm, parade? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the really? only illuminated parade in the country. So, which is really quite a thing. So, it's a wonderful combination. People can go from one to the other. And I can just see everybody who's coming to see the parade when it's over. If they don't go out to celebrate at the bars and the, and the par- block parties, they can always come down to water fire. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of gay flags flying in the water. And, you know, you just don't know. Well, we're always supportive of anything of that is full of love. If you like love and you um, love people, we are supportive of anything that has to do with different, uh, I would say, gosh, different cultures, socioeconomical cultures. We love to celebrate everything. And, again, that's going to happen at night. But there's so much going on during, during the, the day. day. Oh, absolutely. It's a whole day. It's a, it's a, from what I read in the Options Magazine, and, and I'll tell you another story about c- coming out and being proud. Options Magazine, I think, is, they'll shoot me that I don't know for sure, but 40 years old, 35 years old. Well, it's a sell- well if it's 40 and, years old, then yeah. happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, at the beginning, it was a, a printed, two-page, mimeographed news uh, mailing that went out, and it went out in a closed envelope. And about five years ago, the people at Options said, you know what, no more. And now it's a very lovely, bright, colorful monthly newspaper that comes out it's a magazine now that comes with a little space at the bottom where they print your name there's no envelopes everybody sees it and it's something else that we are proud of and not afraid to have come to our mailbox arthur um after 40 years and like from the inception and and what you've spoken with us about about coming out what's the difference that you see and what would you like to see? Well, the the difference, I think, number one, is the acceptance of people around the world um, in most, most educated countries, I want to say. Uh, my personal life, I can't imagine it, it getting any better than it is now. And there is a national program which just popped into mind, which they were trying to use to help uh, gay youth who are struggling with their identity, it's called It Gets Better. And I'll tell you one more story, and this is this is the epitome for me. When Peter and I decided to get married, we decided to get married, and we decided to do it within two weeks. And we didn't want to have a big affair, because where do you begin if you want to? We decided we wanted to do it on our 10th anniversary, and that only gave us a two-week period. So our very dear friend, who's a judge, said he would marry us in his chambers, and then we realized we had to go to town hall to get a license. And now how I, difficult was that? I've lived in Barrington for since nineteen full time since nineteen seventy nine. I fly a gay flag from my deck. Richard has been in, and both of you have been many events at my house where there are gay flags. But I got out of the car that day. Peter had already gone to sign the the license, but I had to go as well. We never gave it a thought. And as I got out of the car, I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm walking into town hall, and I'm going to tell them I want my marriage license. What are they going to think? 
here I am. I was 76 years old, and I'm worried about what they're going to think, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to laugh out loud. <laughs> so I walked up the steps, and as I walked into the doors, three of the secretaries were coming out of an office, and I know the people in town hall because I'm in and out of there a lot, and they said to me, what are you doing here today? And I stopped, and I went, oh, I'm here to sign my marriage license. And then I stopped waiting to see what the reaction was going to be because we really hadn't, you know, told people other than the, our community. Well, I got hugs and kisses and, and, and cheers about it, and the, and everybody in City Hall was wonderful. Just last week, Peter had to go to renew the dog's license, and they and we had written them a letter afterwards saying how grateful we were for their acceptance and how wonderful it made us feel. By the way, the name's uh, Miguel of the dog, and he's oh, yeah. absolutely beautiful. So. And uh, <laughs> and they thanked us for taking the time to, to say thank you for them being so welcoming to us. It, it's just something I couldn't have imagined 40 years ago, Brendan. You know, it's <clears throat> funny. I talk to women these days uh, even about how things have moved um, just in women's rights over the years. And it seems like time... It's moving so quickly, and I'm so glad it's about time that things moved so quickly. But, you know, back in the 70s, they were throwing bras and burning bras, and, you know, those were our mothers, and or at least at that time, my mothers, my aunts, my sisters. I have always believed in love. Um Rich, I want to ask you something, because as a chaplain at Brown and knowing Arthur since the beginning, that must have been a very um, different time and place to be. And why did you decide that you were going to open that office to all love? Well, I happen to, to believe that uh, our sexuality, I happen to believe that our sexuality is a gift from God. We are all um, sexual from womb to tomb. We all have a right to pleasure, to enjoy, and share, or choose not to share their sexuality and their body in a safe, secure place and comfort. That is, uh, that's an issue of stewardship. Uh, the other thing is I remember, I don't know whether Arthur remembers this, but when we first met, um, I think one of the things that I said to him, uh, God wants us uh, um, to be who we are and uh, not to be what we ain't, because if you be what you ain't, you can't be what you are. God loves Every one of his children, as if there are only one of us. And, um, you know, my calling, uh, being a Calvinist from the Bronx, and I, I want to point something out. You know, there's been a lot of, uh, there's, there's been a lot of things to celebrate and give thanks for. Uh, if the only prayer in your life you say is thank you, that would suffice. However, let's not be foolish. Uh, there is still a lot of homophobia. There is still a lot of sexism. There is still a lot of genderism. And um, and there's still a lot of racism. Perhaps now it's a little bit more institutionalized. Uh, 
So we have to be aware um, that the fight, uh, the fight goes on. If, if I can interrupt there, it, absolutely. When you think of the last class that I did for lifelong learning was the history of gays and lesbians in America. And I tell everybody that I learned a lot because we brought in speakers for every subject that had to do with being gay and sexuality. And when we had the transgendered speakers come in and tell their stories, it it was something. I mean, 40 years ago, nobody was talking about trans. They're gay, but you would never talk about transgendered at that time. And now look at the fights that are going on. And our country, as Richard said, hasn't changed 100%. And there are still people who would hate me, and there are still people who would hate transgendered people. I just can't get that. And I'm just so glad that we've gotten to where we are and that everybody is continuing to fight for the rights of you know, we're, to, we're talking about love here, you know, as love, you know, the only thing, look, the only thing that's real in life is love. Everything else is an illusion. And um, the other thing about love, justice always has to walk love's talk. Otherwise, love is just spitting in the wind. Well, I want to thank you both, gentlemen. Um, You've been listening to AM790 and Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island and Arthur Richter and Dr. Reverend Richard Dannenfelser. And your husband. Yes, and my husband. I would like to thank you for opening up the doors and um, making this... It should always be easy, and it should always be all about love. Could I, uh, could I just say one of the persons I've been reading has greatly affected me is uh, Mayor Angelo, who died recently. And Mayor Angelo said uh, one of the things she's learned: um, people will um, forget what you do, people will forget what you say, but people will never forget how you make them feel. So let's be challenged and always go out there and help people to. F- to love and also to feel loved. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to AM790 and Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on, yeah, AM790, your station for talking business. I'd like to get, give a big shout-out again to National Grid, who is our underwriter and Lifetime Medical Services who are one of our biggest sponsors and allow us to bring you not only behind the scenes of what's happening at Waterfire, but to also let you know what's going on in Rhode Island, which is just amazing. And uh, yeah, our little state is pretty darn big when you think about it at the end of the day. And I am so grateful um, for the time that I just had with my friend Arthur Richter. As we look at June 18th, which is going to be the biggest fire coming up uh, next, and it's sponsored by CBS Health and the Charity Classic, which we know gives money to lots of people, including Water Fire. Um, It's also Pride Fest weekend, and um, Arthur Richter, you know, actually was able to give us history of what it was like, you know, Forty years, we think that kind of like just moves along, and but it didn't. Forty years, what major movements and times um, have happened since that moment? So, Arthur, I know you're still here in the studio, so I thank you from the bottom of my heart 
for not only telling us your story, but helping to continue that movement, move on. Um, that was redundant, wasn't it? <laughs> so anyway, um, I, as we walk into the second part of the show, I wanted to introduce everyone to my new compatriot. I'm going to call her my sister, my raven-haired sister, who is working with me at Waterfire now. Um, as everybody knows, I raised most of the money for Waterfire, and I've had a great and wonderful team, but I needed, I needed a sister, and I needed a raven-haired sister, and her name's Nicole Purcell, and... She's so flippin' interesting. It, it, it's great. So we'll talk a little bit about what we want to do with Waterfire and the building. But the most interesting thing about this woman is about the woman and all of the different parts of her, from being a sculptor to a boxer. So I, I, I've been warned not to try to fight with her um, because she'll knock me out, even though she's a, a couple inches shorter than I am. So, <laughs> Hi, Nicole. I promise I won't knock you out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> How are you? I'm very, very well and having a great first couple weeks. Welcome uh, to the team. Fire. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, so, hi, Providence, and hi, Rhode Island. Yeah, I, I think that people probably, all right, they know me as being a fundraiser, but you have had over 20 years' experience just in Rhode Island and uh, working with different organizations and, you know, really moving. Um, so, one, thank you for joining our team. I was so excited when we finally were like, yeah, she's the one, you know. And I'm I'm just as thrilled. So I'm just as excited and I uh, can't wait to keep moving water fire along right uh, right alongside you and get us growing a little more. And well, there's so many things to do, which mm-hmm. I can't do anywhere, but we've got the building, right? We do. Uh, we have the Water Fire Arts Center, and I'm sure you've probably talked about it a little bit, or maybe not. We've talked about it a little bit, but we so, haven't talked about it a lot. So um, folks might have seen if they've been down in the Onlyville Corridor um, on Valley Street, so at 475 Valley Street, you'll see a very large uh, industrial building uh, that used to be a manufacturing company that made rubber um, and uh, is now uh, being transformed into the Water Fire Arts Center. Um, so this is going to be a real um, creative hub for the neighborhood. It's a real statement in creative placemaking here in Rhode Island. So uh, the way that arts change neighborhoods, uh, the way Water Fire has changed our downtown, we're really hoping uh, that the Arts Center is uh, is going to be just that in the only bill corridor, which, uh, as we know, we have friends over at the Steel Yard who have um, made that same kind of movement. I had two ladies um, Last week on the show, and I'm not sure if you know Pilar McLeod. I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, so I have Pilar and uh, Tina Shepard on the show, and yeah, because they're doing the Ovies this weekend. It, it, it's their version of the Oscars. That's and, right. Yep. Yeah, and I got to tell you, 
Pilar said with no hands down, she's like, you show up, you give money, and this is what we're going <laughs> to do. And we're going to make things fabulous. But sure. um, So I, I digress. But no, Well, it's not really a digression. I think, uh, you know, uh, rising tides float all the ships. Uh, and so, you know, other the success of other organizations helps us. I think... Uh, Pride this weekend is a is a also a nice example of of that where um, you know Waterfire will bring folks to Pride. Pride brings some folks to Waterfire who might not otherwise uh, be down in the downtown area. Well, that's what Arthur so and I were talking really about. Exciting. Well, one again the history and the length of the history and the movement over time, mm-hmm. but that event starts early in the day. And then culminates with this massive parade, which, Arthur, what did you say? Is it the only? Illuminated nighttime gay pride parade. All right, he's not speaking in the microphone, but it's the only illuminated nighttime. Illuminated night parade. Parade. (laughs) Exactly. I'm sorry, I just put Arthur on the spot. He's like, I'm sitting here to relax. No, not at all. Um. But yeah, so I mean, there's that that's going to be happening, and um, but I think that people also need to know who you are. Sure, sure. You're so, pretty freaking amazing. Thank you. So <laughs> when they told me that I was going to have a partner, I'm I'm a pretty picky lady <laughs> at the end of the day, and and I, as much as I would hate to admit it. Um, <laughs> I do hold people to certain circumstances and certain measures of being. And when I learned that I was going to have a partner that boxes, that sculpts, that sews, that loves everything. And I'll change your brakes, too. Yeah, and, well, she'll, and she can, can change you come your come to brakes. my house, too, please? I sure can. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. So, Nicole, come on. Let's let, let's talk about you. Sure. So, uh, I I have, um, I for a while, I performed uh, with the Schiffer Robe Tropicals. So, some folks might know me from that. That's a retro dance company in Providence. Uh, so, I danced the Charleston and uh, a host of other um, both contemporary dance and retro dance, vintage dancing, um, and decided I think I want to get a yoga certification. So, I, uh, I didn't have enough time to do the yoga certification and dance. So I stepped away and uh, got a yoga certification. And around the same time, I thought, you know what? I think um, I think I'm gonna go on Groupon and see if I can find some other cool exercise to do. And I ended up in a boxing gym and uh, met a couple of great trainers and then just started. And you had a match last night. Started sparring and uh, I, I was. I have. Go in the ring. Um, I, you know, what's interesting is that yoga and boxing are very different, yeah. as, you, as, <laughs> as anybody who's done both knows, right? So boxing, you want to be small and tight, and, and you're trying to kind of dodge. And yoga, you're kind of opening yourself up to the world and and opening your heart and your mind and your body in a lot of ways. Um, so they're a really nice balance. And I think that... Uh, you know, I, I love um, makeup and lipstick 
and dresses and I also love that if I get in a brawl I'm gonna win um, you know, I like As I said, being a she's little smaller bit than I am, but I'm not fighting this woman at and, all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and also being able to get my hands dirty in a shop, in a car, so I can weld. Um, I have uh, worked with uh, Monica Shin down at Queen Street uh, Fabrication, and she's a wonderful uh, welder and um, forger, fabricator, blacksmith, artist, and... Uh, was kind enough to take me under her wing and teach me lots of things. And you are uh, so a jack of all trades. Lots but of the question lots of all is, things. Why water fire? Why water fire? So um, I have a real passion for the arts, and I think they are um, an often ignored um, part of uh, really making a community better. So people think of transportation and they think of health and they think of a host of other things, uh, economy, you know, um, but they don't always think of the arts as a driver in making a community a better place and inspiring pride and inspiring um, people to take care of their place and take care of the community that they live in. And I think that um, it's been demonstrated that in its 22 years, water fire has been vital in the renaissance of Providence and the transformation of our downtown and the attraction of um, both small and large businesses to opening up in our downtown. Um, so I grew up right around Providence. I remember um, when the downtown area as a teenager was pretty much parking lot, um, and it was known as a train stop between Boston and New York, and that was it. Um, and now, if you look at you know some of our top ten city lists that come out every year, you see Providence on a lot of them, and it's because, in large part, because of Water Fire and um, what this organization has done. And I think that there is great potential. Um, to bringing that same kind of spirit to the Onlyville Corridor, um, which is an underserved neighborhood that needs this kind of creative infusion. And you and I have talked about this um, directly. Uh, there's a beauty and a joy. And I, again, I've always said that Waterfire is probably one of the best social experiments mm -hmm. I've ever seen, that if you create the right environment, people act in, in the right way. There, there, there's not a lot of violence or anything else for that many people to be in one place. So when we can actually take a building and move it and do education and other things, which is I know what your focus is going to be on and bringing people in, it almost just seems like it's opening up the world. Arthur's got his hand up like sure. he's in school. <laughs> um, I was with Ricardo Fitzwiley uh, yes. a couple of weeks ago, and you know the fiasco we had with the new logo for the state of Rhode Island, that yes. thing? Yes. He has come up with a, a, a slogan which I think is fabulous, and what the both of you just said is so, if we could get everybody behind it, Rhode Island where the ocean meets the arts. It's, it's, oh. And it is. Good. <laughs> very, very good because it brings yeah. in Newport crowd. Brings the, it brings in the, the theater. It brings, in, in, it brings mm -hmm. everyone together. 
Nice. I didn't know he did that. Did you? I did not know that. It's, He's that's trying wonderful. to promote it right now. I'll send you the logo. It's really wonderful. It's wonderful. So we we're, we're going to sign off in a second. Uh, next week we'll be coming back with a lot of people from the CVS uh Healthcare and Charity Classic, talking about that big fire. I want to thank so much my husband, um, the Reverend Dr. Richard Denenfelter, for being here and being a support. My friend, uh, uh, yeah, I call my guardian angel, Arthur Richter, for coming and talking to us about your story today and about Pride Fest. And Nicole Purcell, I am so happy that you are my Ravenhead sister on the development team of Waterfire. And I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I've never had a sister, so, you know, Neither I'm enjoying this so very much, you ready? too. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a high, high five. five. <laughs> All right. Everyone, um, you're listening to AM790, your station for talking business. And Waterfire ignites Rhode Island. And we will be here next week with you on Thursday. And wow. Wow.